ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. That helps other people find out about all the greatness and goodness that is going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We've got a lot of good conversations for you today. And we're going to start off with Max Freed. Should he be rising in the Cy Young conversation? Then we're going to talk a little bit about the Falcons. They made some cuts yesterday. They listened to the show. Ooh, we'll tell you exactly why we would say something crazy like that. And last but not least, and for the culture, Kevin Durant decides to come back. Who wanted this situation, if anybody? But but first, we got to talk about the Braves last night. Max Freed doing this absolute thing, dealing on the mound. They win 6-1. to one. T, the way, I, I, the way Max Freed was just pitching, and, and it seemed like you can just kind of tell by the way he was getting guys out. He had a plan, and he was executing that bad boy to the T, no pun intended. Yeah, no question. Max Freed was on one last night. I mean, just the excitement was one of the – key pieces there as we talk about all the time is the preservation of the bullpen. So anytime you can get your starter to go eight innings and that's eight quality innings, we're talking about one run and three hits in eight innings. Unbelievable job that Max Free did in just his second time of going eight innings this season. So yeah, I, I've just, I was excited about that. And thankfully Colin McHugh in his one inning, was the able to strike out two <laughs> exactly he went sniper style and yes. we're all set and listen we breathed a sigh of relief much sooner in that game than we did just the night before right game one was a little bit tighter but really this game other than the one run that Freed gave up early in the second inning once you got to the fifth inning and you you rally off or rattle off five runs oh it's a wrap it's a wrap and it was yeah, just from, from, from Vaughn Grissom to Michael Harris, we'll talk about some of those guys as far as just what they're doing and how they're able to execute at the bottom of that lineup. And you don't necessarily see that in Major League Baseball. Before mm -hmm. we talk about that, T, tell the folks about what BetOnline.net has for all the Locked On listeners and viewers. Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, right about now, we are starting to hear as we ramp up for week zero of college football starting this Friday, you're starting to hear more and more buzz about Heisman favorites. And right now, C.J. Stroud is standing above the heat, but, 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 there are a lot of betters who are starting to take action on Will Anderson Jr. So if you want to know where C.J. Stroud is, where Will Anderson Jr. is in the mix, or if Bryce Young will actually be a repeat Heisman Trophy winner, betonline.net is where you go for all of that information, all of the betting trends, and just any developments in college football, and for that matter, in the NFL, NBA, MLB, you name it, they have it. Listen, the Braves have gotten this lead down to just two games against the Mets. So right about now, with under 30 games left, 
Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they take over NL East? Well, again, <laughs> that's the information you would get from betonline.net because that is absolutely where the game starts. So if you're talking about you know, wanting to get a better understanding of what's going on, they've got podcasts, they've got expert analysis, and it's really simple to get to. So as always, ATL Day Ones is your first stop. But as soon as you wrap up our great program, the next thing you need to do is go to betonline.net. Yes, make sure you do that because it is essential to life, just like water. Um, T, I think one of the things that that we have, I think once Michael Harris came into the fray, that 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 ninth spot in the batting order has been absolutely amazing. I'm talking about 78 RBA RBIs, excuse me, mm-hmm. and from from that ninth spot in the order, and I just didn't th- think that when you get that type of production. Mm-hmm. From that spot, I think you are a very dangerous team, and I think that we saw that last night, and that's something that is going to definitely help the Braves get to the point where you don't want to face them once the playoffs gets rolling. Indeed, and the interesting thing is this. Of course, we were all excited when Michael Harris II was put in that nine spot, right? And then mm-hmm. when the Braves announced that they were bringing up Vaughn Grissom, it's like, no, no, don't move him. He's two out of the nine. <laughs> right. But then they put Grissom in the ninth spot, and it's like, well, dang, homie, if we knew you were going to do it like that. You know, he, 420, that's just a little, exactly. a little modest. If he had 130 <laughs> games under his belt, we'd also be talking about a third option for NL Rookie of the Year from one squad, <sighs> that being the Braves, but doesn't have right. 130 games. So now you're moving Michael Harris the second up to the seventh spot. You're moving Grissom up to the eight spot and why because now you can put Robbie Grossman in the ninth spot nasty man (laughs) it's like crazy I mean it's just crazy to think that that whole or that you can keep doing that like you said at the bottom at the bottom of the order and we do talk about the fact that the Braves are not just leading in the National League but we're talking about the majors across the whole of baseball in home runs, (laughs) runs and RBI from the seventh eighth and ninth positions that is so very exciting because the other thing low-key that these players are also able to do for the Braves is give them versatility in the outfield that's always a beautiful thing as well just know that you have that versatility from a defensive perspective and you don't lose anything when they are up at the plate yeah and that's and that's the key to success right when you Mm -hmm. talk about what what you know moving around making the, the, the necessary moves we talked about brian snicker on this show continuously uh, and we will continue to do that and i think that that's something that brian snicker has been able to do and mm-hmm. he's been making the right decisions because when you think about bringing all of these guys up you know you mm-hmm. know it had to be part of all part of the master plan from uh the wizard himself alex Anthopoulos. <laughs> and i think that when you give your manager these tools, you expect him to do the right thing. And that's what Brian Snicker has done um, each whenever the situation has come about. And I think that when you have those situations Mm -hmm. and and, and they come up and you make the right decisions and now you're trying to sit up and say, okay, there is a guy that's coming, Mm -hmm. you know, back, you know, Ozzy Albies, right? Mm -hmm. So, how can we keep this dude that just came up and Von Grissom like, all right, so how do we keep him in the lineup? And mm-hmm. and what you know what? I'm going to expect Brian Snicker to make the right decision again. And because yes. when you were on 13 out of 15, T, nine straight on the road, like you got to start thinking about, okay, the the about the chances of the Braves actually catching the mm-hmm. New York Mets, even though 
that schedule kind of favors the Mets a little bit. It does. It does because you're looking at a brave schedule. And and actually, when you think about it, and I said 28, but it's actually 38 games mm-hmm. uh, in the season, if you will, 37 games at, at this point by the time the Braves end today. But they right. do have a tougher schedule. 25 games are against teams that are over 500. So you're talking about um, teams like, of course, the Mets themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the fact that they only have 13 against teams with sub 500 records. Now the Mets, on the other hand, they're just the opposite. They have just 10 games against teams above 518 against teams that are over. So that's the thing that is concerning to me. The fact that like, Ooh, the schedule does kind of favor the Braves. But what I do like is this, the Mets are swooning right now. It's not just that they've lost these last couple of games to the Yankees, but they're, they've really gone about four and six uh, in this last 10 game stretch. So there are some things, there are some chinks in the armor that are starting to come that we're starting to see with the Mets, which is perfect timing, by the way, as the Braves get set to go back up to Queens for the final time this season. This is a perfect time for the Braves, on the other hand, who, like you said, 13 to 15 games, and more importantly, because they're going back up to Queens, that it's nine straight games of wins on the road. And we, of course, expect them to do that in uh, the next round of, of games, I believe, with the Rockies. So... I believe the Braves are trending in the right direction and maybe Jarvis more than at any other time this season. I believe that while the schedule is a factor, I still believe the Braves have every opportunity to catch and surpass these Mets. Uh, I totally agree um, because just a, just by the way they're playing, right? Because I don't necessarily – schedules, it matters, but it really yeah. doesn't to me. Yeah. I look at how teams are playing towards down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the bottom of the lineup. We talked about how your aces – absolutely dealing almost complete um you know you almost had to really consider whether or not you're going to bring him out for the ninth to try to get a complete game right the way he was pitching like yeah. i thought that was a real thing so mm-hmm. um you just looking at all those different factors then you got you're starting to get healthy as well so all those three factors are just like all right i don't care who the braves are playing because right. i like i put my money on the braves against anybody in the league the way mm-hmm. they're playing the way who they're getting back and just the way that pitching staff is going because we know how really important that pitching staff is once you get into the postseason. So I'm not concerned, but um, I think those are some of the things that we'll definitely have to keep keep an eye on as they finish up the series against the Pirates. And the Braves, you know, hopefully they get that sweep because, hey, that's what we expect and that's what they've been doing as of late. Now, as far as expectations and surprises, T, the Falcons made some cuts. I know there were a couple of guys on there that we kind of figured would, would you know, happen. But we're going to talk about maybe a potential surprise on a guy who didn't make the 80-man roster cut. We'll talk about all that next right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T. We'll be right back. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. That's Jarvis. I'm Tanitra, and you guys are our faithful, faithful audience, and we appreciate you for that. And how do we know you're faithful? Because you keep downloading this podcast on all the platforms where you get your podcast, and you keep on giving us five-star reviews. So we call that faithful, and we call it ride or die when you go to YouTube and have us over 3,100 subscribers on the Locked On Sports Network here in Atlanta. So keep doing what you're doing because, hey, that tells us that we are going in the right direction with our content. And speaking of going in the right direction, 80 guys continue to go in the right direction for the Falcons. Five guys from Tuesday, not so much. So Jarvis, we saw a couple of wide receivers. We saw a linebacker, a corner, 
and um, a defensive uh, lineman, a D lineman. But of course, we know that was more uh, injury related, if you will, in Jalen Dalton. But mm -hmm. the reason I gave it so generically is because said wide receivers were indeed <laughs> called out by this show with yes. a virtual pink slip that apparently got up to the ears of the folks at Flowery Branch. And they were like, you know what? That's Tanisha and Jarvis. They're right about this thing. So that being said, clearly, Jarvis, we were not necessarily surprised by who ended up on the on the, the chopping block, if you will, the cut floor but maybe surprised about who didn't end up on the cut floor. Explain. Ooh, wow. Um, when you think about one thing that, you know, uh, you know, I always look at, you know, when like when, when they have the 90 man roster, I kind of start yeah. looking at guys that were like, okay, let me keep an eye on this guy. Let me keep an eye on yeah. that guy. And, and I think that, you know, Jalen Dalton was one of those guys mm -hmm. that I said, all right, this is a guy that I'm going to keep my eye on. You know, um, D. Alford was a guy that as soon as yeah. they signed him, I was like, okay, cat coming out of uh, D2 school, mm -hmm. you know, played in the CFL. Those are some of the things that, you know, just little things that, that I always like to keep a, um, put pins in, right? You know, mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, let me see what these guys look like on the field. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, you know, he was a guy, and another guy was Kwani Dang. You know, mm -hmm. he was an undrafted mm -hmm. guy that he brought in, and he was like 6'6", six, six, about 240, 250. Yeah. I think that was kind of like, okay, he, when you look at him, he looks like a project, right? And, mm -hmm. and for them to, you know, go ahead and make that cut, I was a little bit of surprise, you know, mm -hmm. you know not necessarily a big surprise, but right. I was a little bit of surprise because, yeah. you know, he seems like a guy that you want to get on your practice squad and kind of work mm -hmm. with. But as, the, you know, the games get going, you always want to see whether or not what they do in practice transfers. And that's what Ch Jalen Dalton may, mm -hmm. didn't necessarily transfer, right? Because I've, I talked to Arthur Smith about this and he was just saying how, hey, you hope that, you know, what you see in practice transfers to the field. And I think mm -hmm. that was one of the reasons why Jalen Dalton, of course the injury, but sure. I think on top of that, you think that, okay, that didn't necessarily transfer into the game, and that and that's what's truly unfortunate because you know you these young guys when they get these opportunities, man, these dudes fight, scratch, and claw to try to make a squad, and, and then when they get that that pink slip, like you said, mm -hmm. it, it's always kind of like, man, I thought you had a little potential, but and I think that the coaches are feeling the same way, and and that's what the that's what the hardest part about all of this. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. Now we also know that when. We get on the other side of cut day. There is also, and also leading up to a game, of course, there's also an updated depth chart that we get. So we have the depth chart for week three. And just kind of looking at it, essentially there aren't any surprises, if you will, as far as who's up front. We knew Anthony Rush, Taquan Graham, Grady Jarrett, because, hey, those guys had good games. Uh, just Or that those guys had a good game this, this past Monday, right? So that mm -hmm. wasn't really a shock. Ade... Um, up in that spot, you know, of Arnold, ABKT, I think that probably goes back and forth, just to be honest. I, I don't think right. we'll know what that looks like until week one, and then that could be interchangeable depending on, you know, schemes or packages. I'm going to say a name. I know how I already feel about him. I'm interested to see what you feel about him as well, because it's interesting to see where he is. But before we talk about him, I want to say this to our faithful audience. Don't be like me. And leave your tea at home when your throat is scratchy or leave your coffee at home when you need a little kick. Be like Jarvis and be the queen. Well, in his case, I'm the queen. Be the king of Coffee AM. 
Yes, I am the king of Coffee AM. That's why I'm wearing my gold, and I'm also representing Albany State Golden Rams. Got to all day, every day. You know how I get down. But coffeeam.com backslash locked on is the website that you need to go to. Let me tell you why. Because, T, I've been on my rainforest crunch. I've been taking a trip to the rainforest each and every day because, you know, Coffee AM has all of those different type of flavors. I'm talking about if you want to go to Kenya, uh, I know they come in the the, 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 the K-Cups. I absolutely mm-hmm. love those. But I think this Rainforest Crunch is something that just really gets me going in the morning. If you're looking for that pick-me-up, if you're looking for something to say, you know what, I need some good coffee. I'm talking about from the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. Now that I gave you the reasons why to go there, I'm about to tell you another reason why you need to go there. Because once you go to the website, coffeeam.com backslash locked on, drop in the coupon code box, locked on, and you're going to get 15% off of all coffee, teas, and gift sets. You know, T telling you about the tea. I'm telling you about the coffee. She's the queen. I'm the king around here of Coffee AM. Go to the website right now and go get coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Drop in the coupon code box locked on, and you're going to get 15% off of all Coffee, teas, and gift sets. Go ahead and pull up on the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. Yes. And who wouldn't want to get something that sounds that good and you get a discount? I mean, you're winning. You're winning. You're winning. And speaking of winning, at least on paper, but we'll talk about what it really means, is going down that depth chart on the defensive side of the ball is, of course, looking at the more looking at more of the linebacker positions and we see not only was he at practice today out and about but Deion jones also appeared in the one spot on the depth chart now Uh like i said not saying that's super surprising but you know where i'm going in terms of hmm what does this mean about where we think Deion is going to land somewhere between now and maybe the start of the season I think he still isn't going to be on this roster because Same. I believe wholeheartedly that the Falcons just don't need him. They don't. They don't need him. They have Rashawn Evans, who's clearly shown that he can be a guy that can be the leading yeah. tackling for this spot, mm-hmm. for this squad. And Michael mm-hmm. Walker is just being as solid as usual yeah. when you want to see no what question. his no capabilities question. are. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you've seen, you've seen what you've seen. We've seen it in practice with yes. our own eyes, and you start to see some of those things transfer to the game. That's mm-hmm. what Arthur Smith always talked about. And and I just don't see a, a scenario where Deion Jones will be needed. So I think that I doubt. Now, this one thing that just came to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they drop him in there just to see, let everybody know that he's fully healthy. Yes, that's you know what I'm saying it. in the game. Like, all right, he's healthy. Come on here. All your, all your little trepidation that you've been having about dropping that fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the type of conversation they don't get because they yeah, still got to pay that check. You got to cut the check. So I, I I think that that's something that we could probably uh, potentially look forward to mm-hmm. um, on Saturday at three o'clock mm-hmm. when the Falcons face against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's. That's kind of where my mind is when it comes to Deion Jones. I don't think that he will be on this roster. Now, if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. hey, that's what it is. Either more than likely that's because nobody wants to you know, give up compensation and also pay that full freight on that salary. And Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to insert him into the right. game plan on yeah. Saturday. Come on in there, Debo. <laughs> that insertion is for a show. That is yes. for a showcase to let you know mm-hmm. exactly where he is in his progression. Now, of course, 
when we look at the secondary, no real changes there. I mean, it's still going to be AJ, Jalen, uh, Casey, and Richie. So that that's still the same yeah. in terms of that depth chart. So let's switch over to offense to see just if there are any surprises that you had just in And then there's one particular question that I want to ask you too, as we wrap up kind of our look at the reaction to who was released uh, when the roster was cut down, as well as what the depth chart looks like week, going into week three, as opposed to week two. So again, no shocker there as far as running back that's still going to be cp and wide receiver same thing you're talking about drake and uh, brian edwards and oz of course being that third right mm-hmm. no shocker, yeah. tight end pull back you got one you keep it moving so left tackle's fine right guard's the same i'm gonna go to and right tackle actually i think everybody's been pre- decently surprised right that caleb yeah. mcgarry has looked we're gonna go with decent he was fine. Yeah, Left guard, Elijah Wilkinson, center, Matt Hennessy. Thoughts? Uh, kind of right on brand with what I've been saying. You know, I think that you know, I I made it. I went on ahead since the Falcons didn't want to make a decision on whether or not they want Matt Hennessy or Drew Dahlman. I made the decision for them. You know, a couple weeks ago, I'm just like, hey. This is the guy, Matt Hennis is the guy he needs to do it. Even though Drew Dahlman had a good showing, I feel, against the New York Jets, that's mm-hmm. fine. But I feel like Matt Hennessy, you pretty much know what you're going to get with Matt Hennessy. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but you, mm-hmm. all you're looking for right now is consistency. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, on the offensive line, you don't need everybody to be great. You right. know, you just need the guys to be able to do what they need to do, exactly what you need them to do, you right. know, uh, meet those, um, those certain expectations in order for the offense to be successful. Now, mm-hmm. the one thing I was kind of um, surprised about, mm-hmm. go ahead and look, you know, I'm looking at AtlantaFalcon.com with their depth chart and everything. T, yes. why in the world is Tyler Algier behind John Rain? <laughs> like, like he yeah. is the reserve, 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 yeah. reserve. It was mm-hmm. like, I thought Tyler Algier has been pretty solid. You know, yeah. there might be Arthur Smith saying, hey, Big man, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I know you uh, like what he's doing from a blocking standpoint. You know, I know what you like what you're doing from a running back standpoint. But, hey, mm-hmm. he still needs to learn. He still needs – he has still has a ways to go or mm-hmm. still has to be able to learn what he needs to do in order to be able yeah. to get some snaps or get some carries in, in my offense. But mm-hmm. I get that. But, golly, man, Algeria's yeah. been solid. Like, like, right. I'm I, just I like, had like had to kind of put test. my glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? That, yeah, that's one that I thought was shocking as well. Like, oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> like, <all right. laughs> yeah, like literally I had, to, I had to do a double take. But real quick, you know, we talked about this as well. And the, the, the depth chart has not changed, of course, at quarterback per se. But I right. think it's more of a conversation – to where now that you've seen both guys two days in a row, excuse me, two weeks in a row, you've even seen them in joint practices and we're getting reports out of Flowery Branch as we speak in terms of what practice is looking like today because we're not out there today, but, you know, of course we'll be back there fairly soon. And both of these guys are doing pretty well. Um, Mariota was near perfect today Mm -hmm. at practice, so was Desmond Ritter. And so the question becomes, you still have on some level a bit of a QB quandary Arthur Smith does. But when you look at it, do you see, have you seen enough to say, yep, I think Marcus Mariota is that guy who can do what Arthur Smith needs him to do. And he's deservedly going to be at QB one as he is on this depth chart to start the season. Mm -hmm. But also you can have, you can have two like, right. You can Desmond Ritter can also have taken the next step in his development. What do you think about that? Just in terms of what you're seeing 
as the quandary continues at QB for Smith. I think Marcus Marty, Mariota can do exactly what Arthur Smith asked. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's more so of what Arthur Smith's capabilities are as a play caller oh, and yeah. uh, offensive and his scheme and, and being able to be successful in that. I think that at some point, you know, these guys are going to be interchangeable. I'm not saying that's right now. I mean, right. Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota because mm -hmm. Mariota is a veteran. He's been in this scheme before, so obviously he's going to have the upper hand. However, from Desmond Ritter's standpoint, I believe that you you like to see the progression, right? You like to see mm -hmm. the consistency. What we've been, what he's been consistent in doing, is mm -hmm. making those throws and getting the ball where he needs to get there because yeah. he, the arm strength is def, definitely there. And I think that you want to see, you've been able to see in these last two games, the poise in the pocket. Being mm -hmm. able to sit there like, okay, I don't, if, I don't, if I feel pressure, I'm still holding my read. I'm going to make sure yeah. I get where the ball where it needs to be. And mm -hmm. if I don't feel pressure, I'm still holding my thing and, and get, making sure I get the ball where it needs to be. So all of those things have been factors as far as this quarterback. Crunch. I think that the Falcons – I think Terry Fontenot right now is sitting back here smiling like, yep, oh, I told y'all. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. is what it is. And I, not to say that, hey, Desmond Ritter is about to be a pro bowler this year, mm -hmm. but saying that, hey, we got the right guy or yeah. guys – at the, mm -hmm. up under center, and we, we, we definitely have what we need in order to be successful in 2022. Indeed, and I tell you, what we don't have to be successful in some areas of the school districts in and around Atlanta Metro are some bus drivers that are on one, and I, we are not pleased, but there is something else that we are pleased about that's going on in the A, and we'll talk to you guys about it on the other side in For the Culture. Final segment of ATL Day One with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really do appreciate you because we are riding past th over 3,000 subscribers and we are headed to 4,000 because, you know, you guys have been doing exactly what we've been asking. We appreciate you. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review because that's it's essential to life, just like water. I mean, what else needs to be said after that? But, T, this is a for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's how we get down on this show. Now, like, I, I don't know about you, T, but I am kind of, like, on this uh, the edge right now because when you sent me this story about bus drivers and DUI, anytime I see that in the title, I'm just like, all right, somebody needs to be slapped <laughs> at this point because, you know, Pickens County, you know, mm -hmm. a bus driver drove drunk, uh, uh, <laughs> been charged with DUI, and there was another driver that supposedly finished the route and was maybe potentially about to be charged with a DUI as well. I was like... Let me just ask you this, T, because I got to get my thoughts together. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm about ready to fight. Because I can't imagine my baby girls being on the bus with somebody driving drunk. Like, let me see about them. And you ain't got to worry about getting no criminal charges. But what in the world is going on in Pickens County? Yeah. And, and I would agree with you, thinking back to my nephew's younger years. And, right. you know, you get so excited about the first day of school, especially kindergarten, and putting them on the bus. And, you right, know, right. giving them their little independence or whatever. Let me tell you something. If I had seen either one of them, I wouldn't have had to smell their breath or anything like that. They On sight. <laughs> like, no, sir, no, ma'am. I'll be taking my nephew to school because you? Oh, no. And and I can't 
find a euphemistic way to say what I really want to say. So I'm going to leave it at, I would not put my kid on a bus with you because I'm not sure that drunkenness is the most egregious thing that you might be capable of because those mug shots, I'm like, yeah, no. If I had to walk a mile to take my kid to school versus putting them on a bus with those two, well, let's put our, let's put our walking shoes on and get to, get to going. Yeah, it's a reason why Baby Girl hasn't uh, ridden on the bus just yet. I mean, I think it's a little bit too early. And plus, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I can get locked up, too. You know, we ain't trying to be in that again. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Did I, did I let it slip? My bad. All right, it's time to move on. I'm telling them myself. Hey, T, so I think that one of the things that, that's been really interesting is the storylines in the NBA. Right? I think a lot of times people look forward to those more so than the actual regular season when there's actually games being played. So, Obviously, Kevin Durant with the trade request, and then he things weren't kind of going his way with, with the trade request, and, and the Brooklyn Nets were just going absolutely crazy in what they were asking in return. I think they they wanted like eight first-round picks or something, and then they want players they want to play right now, that are able to play right now. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, y'all crazy, whatever. So he came then came out and said, y'all need to fire the general manager with Sean Marks, and then fire the head coach, Steve, Steve Nash. And, you know, still nothing happened. Yeah. And that didn't quite work out. Now yeah. we're at a point where they allegedly have made up, and now everything is all good with Kevin Durant and, and the Brooklyn Nets. Like, what the heck is going on up here in New York? Like, literally. Like, what's going on up there? What in the world? And I asked myself, I said, hmm, who really wins in that? Is it KD? Is it the team? Is it the NBA? Is it the fans? Kind of all of the above, because KD is eventually going to get what he wants. He's going to get out of Brooklyn, whether that is at the I end. Agree. If that is so. at the trade yep. deadline or if that's at the end of the season, he's going to get out of Brooklyn. The Nets win, however, because they, I believe they purposely set the bar that high with what they were asking for because they knew they weren't going to get it. And mm-hmm. they knew that would force pretty much KD to be retained by that by them. But I also think the league won because you know what? KD and Kyrie, you guys stay in Brooklyn and at least on some level keep the East that much more competitive, right? Because if that team would have been gutted out and KD would have been gone, that's one less team in the East that would have made this conference competitive, right? But I also think the fans always win because like you said, we get storylines and drama for days from the NFL, from the NBA. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. So, I mean, thanks, KD. The only gift he didn't give us this time, Jarvis, is Jarvis says he's been pretty silent on social media. Hmm. Hmm. And you know what? I think silence means something, right? When I think that when you think about all of the people that are conversations, right? The people that you think like, oh my God, I always have a good conversation with them when I have, when I speak with them. That's because they're really good listeners. And I think that once you get into a space where all of the foolishness is out the way, meaning, hey, they're going to come back. Everything is all good. That's when you start having the real trade conversations. That's when you start to be able to really get to something. And then the Brooklyn Nets are able to hear or listen to those teams. because, And then they'll come to a, a situation where in their minds they're like, all right, yeah, we were crazy because we wanted to get to this space. We wanted to get to a point where all the foolishness is out the way and we're going to focus on getting the season together. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... Hey, be quiet, um, Katie, and we'll be quiet on our end as well. And hey, Steve Nash, suck it up, Buttercup, 
you know, hey, if they think you suck as a head coach, prove them wrong. And I think that all everybody will be able to come together. Hey, we're going to focus on winning games. Yes. And then if we get a deal that, you know, makes sense, Mm-hmm. Then we'll then we'll move forward. So I think that all of those things, those factors that you know you pretty much laid out as well, I, I think that you you'll probably get a deal that makes sense for both sides. And you know because you don't want all of this drama going into the season because at the end of the day, if they don't perform, you know who's gonna get the blame? It's gonna be mm-hmm. Steve Nash at the <laughs> end of the day. And and that's that's never good that you find your coach. You got a team that necessarily. It's not going to do anything in the playoffs. The way it's currently constructed, mm-hmm. you almost gotta, you know, have those convers- those behind the scene conversations because there is you have to get to a point where the, the deal makes sense and you got, both parties are like, all right, we're definitely satisfied. But sure. speaking of being satisfied, though, T, you know, today is National Waffle Day, and. I don't even think you have to ask me where I'm going if I want to go get me a waffle, like yeah. because you know Waffle House, like there's there's no other place to go. Um, but I knew I know more than likely I, I want to ask you because I know you're probably gonna name some food food restaurant that I've never been to, and it's gonna be probably gonna be the most amazing waffle you ever tasted. Of course. So uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm always here for the brunch brunch. So uh, yeah, but today in honor of National Waffle Day, because hey, we got a podcast to record, so I couldn't go sit at my shishi fufu restaurant, but I could fit the spring and go to that Waffle House on Georgia Tech's campus, which is what I did on the way to the podcast. From Yes, indeed. That, from my first job to this, this second job, right? So yeah, I absolutely. Listen, Waffle House never disappoints. I don't care whether, like, you can go to- So consistent. Yeah, I mean, the the consistency is amazing. So, I mean, you can go to all of these great spots that, you know, we love to go to in the city, uh, whether or not that is a a spot like Canoe. That's one of my favorite favorite ones out there in that Smyrna, Bynes area. But also, I really like ABC Chicken and Waffles. Got to give a shout out to them because Mm. they're the extension of the Atlanta Breakfast Club, which you all know I am obsessed with. Uh, the Atlanta mm-hmm. Breakfast Club. So ABC Chicken and Waffles is right there on Al- Auburn Avenue, uh, right around the corner from the Madam C.J. Walker Museum, if you guys are aware, or around the corner from the ML from MLK's uh, Center, if you will. But yeah, it's this low key. And look, all they serve, Jarvis, is chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles. Chicken. I love it. And waffles. Keep it simple. I'm telling you, the compote they put together, and look, we're in the peach state, right? So the compote that they put together is a peach compote. You don't even need syrup. It's so amazing. And the actual chicken, it's a a chicken breast, by the way, so not, you know, Mm -hmm. chicken wings. But, oh, my God, it's so succulent. And they, they season it so, so very well. So, listen, check out your neighborhood Waffle House if you don't have much time on your hands today. But definitely still check out ABC Chicken and Waffles. Those are my people. And they absolutely have amazing service, good prices, and great food. So, anyway, that's my spiel for Waffles. But, Jarvis, before we wrap up, I know you mentioned Waffle House as one of your favorites. So, my question to you is, do you just like the plain old waffle? Do you need it remixed with some flavor? I mean, how do you like the waffle? Pecan waffle, baby. That's it. That's it. I love the pecan waffle. Absolutely. Answer right there. And, you know, Georgia pecans, come on now. Like, I'm, I'm through and through. Atlanta, Georgia, all of that put together, man. Like, I stay down to you. I, I live it. I don't just talk about it. I live this thing out. So, yeah, pecan waffle, hands down, nothing else. That's it. Can't even, can't even do anything else. 
Yeah, the only other one that even compares at Waffle House is the apple cinnamon when they bake it, when they bake it in, when they bake it in. But speaking of getting baked, getting cooked, getting fried, however you want to call it, we hope to talk about the Braves cooking, frying, baking, the Pirates today and getting their second sweep over the Pirates of the season. We'll talk about it yes. tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, we're so excited. Anytime we can talk to you guys about football. I mean, football, we're getting closer to week zero of college football. So we might throw a little bit of that in there. And of course, we'll give you guys any updates and downloads we have for you on the Falcons and anything else going on right here in Atlanta. We appreciate you guys again for stopping by. You always stop here first, but that second stop needs to be hitting hard with John Chuckery. You guys have a wonderful afternoon. Go get some waffles. Y'all come back now, you hear? I only want this salad right now. <laughs>